I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. feeling a shalom too you're feeling shalom yeah what's up my tunnel brother i uh worked out yesterday for the first time in like weeks and i'm very sore yeah, it was good to see you on your way out it was it was good to see you on your way in oh <laughs> <laughs> it was like going in man um, there's a lot of white girls it's a gym I, it I, has been a fucking infestation i uh got to the gym today and i mean it was like Every single lane on the track was just full of, of, white, of white women walking yeah, and like jogging. Women. And I was like, damn, this must be like the time or there must be like a workout class or something like right before no, this. It's just those resolutions haven't haven't fully been destroyed yet. Yeah. A lot of women up at the yeah. up at the gym. Although it has been... kind of a lot of dudes. It seemed more like college, like frat guys up there. I'm like, you guys have like the show me center. Get out of the get out of my zone. I think I know the college frat guys you're talking about. It's like three of them. Yeah, they're like and... Sig News or Sig Kai's or whatever. Yeah. Um I could take them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they're there like every day. Like like I don't think they miss throughout the week. Because it doesn't doesn't man. matter what day I go other than like the weekends because they'll go in the afternoon. It's dedication. Hey. Hey man. Me and you, we just just trying to prolong death of 50. That's it. Yep. I think we're putting in more work than the average American. But the average American hasn't found himself in our position. So <laughs> there's also that. I mean, hey, man, I'm, I'm putting in like, you know, four or five days a week. I'm going to cheer you down since, you know, the shit, the, the, the ass tried to kill you. Uh, Like right before the ass tried to kill me a year ago? Yeah, from there to now like 60 pounds not bad dude Ooh. oh yeah go septic folks go septic man like yeah. my friend i think i've mentioned this before my friend uh shilly like lost a lot of weight because he had like stage three cancer yeah. you did tell me about that i did it was like yeah man like uh you know that's a great weight loss regime man i, I think you could have just like gone to the gym and done it the hard way like the rest of us or you know like gotten aids or something yeah like yeah. if you like let's be honest if you're using some kind of like horrific disease or sepsis or cancer to lose weight. Like, come on, man, that's the easy way. But hey, Do it the hey, hard way. I mean, hey, go lift, go get a staph infection <laughs> while lifting dumbbells while everyone obstructs your view. I'm just happy I've kept it off. Uh, that first, yeah, no, no, you've been good chunk. about that. I mean, I haven't lost a ton since, but 
Yeah, you're just like in that stall in the same way that you know the brisket or the pork butt hits yeah. the stall. You're in that stall before you have that ooh, next break. Ooh, baby, and my it's fitness talk. My man. bark is developing as we speak. <laughs> oh, mama, this <laughs> fitness talk. Josh and Tom, you gonna come in here and uh, spritz me with uh, some apple cider vinegar? Oh yes, I. Oh, I baby girl, I got a little spritz. I bet Richie's gonna like come to this conversation. He's gonna be like, yeah, he. Like, uh, I love whatever I'm making brisket, and I spritz it with the liquids. Oh, Richie's Richie's got a like a Jewish vibe to him too. We he does. Really, yeah, we should really corner him next to St. Louis. <laughs> be like, so what are you? <laughs> I've been toying around with the idea of going up to St. Louis this weekend. I don't really have anything in in mind, but I just kind of feel like going up and fucking around with something. Uh, I don't know. Hit up, hit up, Richard. He messaged uh, me when I posted uh, pics of my tri-tip that I made the other night. The band loves his meat. He's a very good chef. Again, ladies, get after Richie. Did he ever comment on that in the Discord that I was like pimping him out? Did he? Let's check that out. Richie, baby, don't let me down. I'm going to see what our kids have been up to. What have they been up to? No, he didn't. They're talking about, oh yeah, um, John Angelos selling the team. I forgot about that. That's good news. Um, Wait, a... when did we call Cran out? Did we call Cran out? On the... Oh, I yelled at her on the last episode. Oh, I can't remember what it was. You were doing something. I'm like, I'm talking about you, Cran. Oh, like well, we take that back. She's a, she's a sweet lady. Yeah, she's... good soul. Nice. You know, um, yeah, the Orioles are. Changing owners, so has an ownership group, a bunch of billionaires, and Cal Ripken's like their little spokesperson for it. So that's cool. Be really cool if like the Angels got a new owner. Yeah, Artie uh, Marino should. Uh, yeah, like he, 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 you know, he could do what he did last year. He's like, oh, I'm gonna sell. Just kidding. <laughs> like the Angels. I mean, even the Mets. Granted, I think I would have to still hate the Mets on principle. Um, you know. I mean, you know, Steve Cohen's evil, but I mean, he does spend the money to try and, you know, have fun with that. Uh, ownership group led by David Rubenstein. It's the purchases around one point seven two five billion dollars. That is way too much money for fucking the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, yeah, Ruben Stutterstein. Hey, what's up, y'all? Oy vey. Yeah, just not a. Just gotta, just gotta get approved. <laughs> Fucker, just gotta get approved from the league. It's gotta, it's gotta let that one simmer for a minute. <laughs> Good for the O's. Maybe they'll spend some money and uh, not waste all that youth. Yeah, yeah. I mean the Orioles. They are, do have. They're a hot team. They're a hot team. They do have very white uh, though. Very according white. to MLB.com, a better third baseman than us. You yeah. see this shit? Well, as we were discussing beforehand. Yeah, you know, I feel like you gotta have more than a year, um, of service time before we're saying you're the third best anything in the league. Yeah, they put him at six. They put uh, what did I say it was. Let's oh, see wait. if I have it. Let's see. Oh wait, I, I thought you had it as uh. No, no, it went uh, number ten. I think was Justin Turner who played most like ninety eight of his hundred and thirty something games last year as a DH who is currently signed and penciled in as Toronto's DH. But he's the 10th best third baseman. Did uh, Key Ryan make the list? No, he didn't. Fucking Justin Turner did. 
Okay, so he was Isaac Paredes made it at nine. Um or he was nine or eight. I don't care. Uh all I know is Nolan went at seven. Autism Riley went number one. All right. Then it went Joe Ram, Manuel Machato, and then Rafael Devers, Alex Bregman, like fucking Gunnar Henderson. Like Nolan Nolan's better than Bregman and Henderson. Nolan should be at least top five. And I'm tired of Jose Ramirez erasure. Every single year Dude. we encounter this. This is Jose's year to be number one. <laughs> like, should be Joe Ram. Well, we saw the first base list, and dude, we haven't done lists this year. I don't know if like maybe we should do like some comprehensive. Like, here's our top just whatever players, whatever. But like every year, our argument on this pod has been either Joe Ram or Nolan, Joe Ram or Nolan, with an occasional Machado. Those three. Yeah. Well. I don't really feel like doing lists this year just because it's when it's work. Yeah. And we're just coming in here to cook. Yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And secondly, I mean, no one gives a shit about our fucking lists. Yeah. No, none of you fuckers ever gave a shit about our lists. Yeah. And I did. I put way too much effort to be like, let's narrow this down. We've been here all day. Yeah. Almost 200 episodes in. Almost 200. This is 199. And none of you. Have even tr- have even tried to learn our names. Yeah, N- none of you. Our real names aren't Josh and Tom. I mean, Richie calls me George. He does do that. He calls um. He's channeling Seinfeld on you. Yeah, yeah he calls you. I can't. Uh, well, I can't, <laughs> can't say that one. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Richie calls me. He calls me. Uh. uh Polish slurs because I refuse to acknowledge he's he's, he's Jeff. <laughs> when I sent him his uh, embrace the suck shirt and I made like a little customized card. Uh, Cran, I forgot to send you a card, so I just sent you an extra shirt. So give it to someone you love or hate. Okay, preferably someone you hate. Ooh. But when I was making the custom cards, uh, I uh, put very intentionally a Polish flag in Richie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of like, like, I I guess if I'm like playing like, you know, ignorant, like Midwestern American slob, like there's a lot of ethnicities that, you know, that stereotype would confuse, but it is, I mean, it is consistent with the man, but also really out there to be like, yeah, Polish and Czechos, but those fucking Slovaks are the same (laughs) Bowls and checks, same, <laughs> same swamp creature. I don't know. Well, then you need to be upset if someone calls you out for it. Like, oh, come on. They come all eat, on. They all eat pierogies. In the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> I went with food. You went with a dark time in U.S. history. Yeah, you fucking, World history, really. You had a subdued land. He had fucking cracker. I don't fuck you. <laughs> Penis, my favorite film. <laughs> Now that's a character. So, <laughs> really so indignant. <laughs> also loves World War II movies. Man. That's a that's a midlife re-watched... crisis character I just created there. I rewatched Oppenheimer. Yeah? It's very good. Granted, this time I didn't get to pay close attention to it because my friend yeah. um, was in a very chit-chatty mood and then we didn't have subtitles on. So Kramer? Like, no, it was uh, my Springfield buddy. Ah, okay. We'll call him Rage. We'll call him 
beige. Yeah, oh yeah. Although I think he did feel bad because because he's like he's like I'm sorry, I I I keep talking. You're like, no, nah, bro, you're good. I'm you're good. Chill. Just don't talk when Florence Pugh is naked, bro. We'll fucking, <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh yeah, I want to see that, to see that softball body. Yeah. Come here, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, they had to edit that out from Killian Murphy, where he just would break K-pop. Like, what up, girl? Come here. You gonna hit a double off me? <laughs> I'm Robbie O. <laughs> I'm building the bomb because I don't like Japanese people. All right, Killian, hold on. We need you to take a five. <laughs> All right, puts on his peaky. Oh, right. <laughs> like... Why you didn't lock my character? You know the thing saying about the Japanese people was what they believed at the time. Yeah, but it shouldn't come directly out of your mouth. Christopher Nolan had to dial back old Killian Murphy there. Man, I still think that's like one of my favorite storylines in the movie. And I hope to God it's true. But like his communist buddy just watched the kid while he was just like, yeah, being a bad. Yeah, nothing like no problem. That movie's good about portraying communists as not uh, evil. Like it it portrays them very normal. Yeah, they yeah. They didn't portray them as like smelly tree huggers. No, they they didn't portray put... them as you know online autists. Well, there wasn't a there wasn't a line to be on that yeah. I suppose, but yeah, they, you know. they didn't portray them as uh, you know every terrible Twitter account. Yeah, um, they didn't portray them as like filthy mongrel savages. They're just like, oh, we teach up the university with Bobby. Y'all watch your kid. Yeah. I don't even know if he had an accent. I think he, he didn't. It was very. Yeah, it was nice. I want your kid, Bobby. Uh, go Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> Stalin's my OJ. I'm sending money to help the rebels. <laughs> he said it wasn't the rebels. The fascists were the rebels in Spain. I'm sending money to help the Fed. <laughs> help the POUM. CNT. Fucking A right. Go Barcelona. Oh Communist soccer hooligans. <laughs> <laughs> 1930s comedy. They started doing those like a like a chant songs they do at soccer stadiums. Yeah, like... dude. <laughs> oh, dude. That would have that would have won that war. That's a cool war, depressing war. Cool what? War. I was watching a movie recently, and they talked about how uh... my dog Skip. They have they reference that war. I'm sorry. No, but they were talking. Sent Skip to Spain to fight. <laughs> he fought on the side of the phalanges. Skip's a fascist. On this episode, fascist on this episode of Wishbone, <laughs> that fascist fucking dog, <laughs> piece of shit terrier, snitching out to Francois. <laughs> All right, sorry. Go ahead. Um. Oh yeah, someone was talking about how in Vietnam, like mm-hmm. the U.S. would play like some crazy ass music, or no, they they would play like the sounds of like ghosts or something when they would be like going against the Viet Cong to like oh. scare them that like they're this dead. Your dead. ancestor? Yeah, yeah, you've heard that before, right? Yeah, I've heard of that. I don't think it affected the Vietnamese. They... I don't think so either. I think they're like these guys are fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Can't make us. A... You can't make a forest spooky. Bro, 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 bro. They, they There's no fuck. Logan Paul. There's no suicide forest. Like, <laughs> bro, bro, bro. They're fucking, they're rice people, bro. They still talk to their dad, dude. They, as we play like some Casper music, dude, 
No fucking dude, don't fucking scare the shit out they of the just NBA. Play the monster mash. <laughs> yeah, they, that's what they do. They dress up like Frankenstein, try and spook, try and spook the Viet Cong. I'm trying to be good because I really want to, really want to do some voices here. But, I'll just, but no, just, you know, come no, on, man. No, don't do it. But like, it's making me smile thinking about it. Not do it for you. <laughs> I'll perform. I'll perform for you. American. It is I, the most Vietnamese man in the world. <laughs> no, I shall not talk to my ancestors via ghost speak. <laughs> What's your favorite of uh, Vietnam era like movie? Movie? Yeah. Like from that era, like or, 60s? No, like about por- Vietnam. portrays the Vietnam War. Yeah. The Vietnam War? I feel like you like Platoon a lot. Platoon's probably the most visceral, like one about like a, of an infantryman. I would, I want to say Full Metal Jacket, but I think Full Metal Jacket's more, uh, it's kind of outside of, uh, of Vietnam. It just takes place in it, but it's more or less like a movie about, uh, dehumanization and how, uh, the state just, uh, eliminates you like you know your individual self to turn you into a killing machine and it's yeah. more or less just like uh about war but like i mean it's in vietnam obviously so fmj i think is very very might be my top like one you're calling me an fmj if i had to think of like if i had to think of like uh one that uh that is vaguely about it. Um, you know, there's a lot of war movies that aren't about Vietnam that take place in that are definitely channeling that, like Bridge Too Far, Charge of the Light Brigade. That's a that's that. a very good one. It's a '60s film. When we were soldiers. When we were soldiers. I don't like that one. Yeah, that's kind of lame. Um, my favorite piece of fiction on is probably things they carried or going after Cacciato. I'm a real big Tim mm-hmm. O'Brien fan. I love his work. I guess in terms of like movie, yeah, probably Full Metal Jacket. Um, yeah. Hamburger Hill is probably up there too. That's a gruesome film. I kind of like First Blood because in a way that's like not that, that is. Not a, more... I would call that a Vietnam. Yeah, film. yeah. Like, like I kind of dig. Let's do First Blood because it's like it's not just oh we're just gonna get a bunch of extra like Asian people and just make them be shot. Like yeah, it's, like it's the the, yeah no they're he's killing cops based which is like... based by the way <laughs> shitty small town cops. Yeah. And also, that movie's more like a thriller than like a, you know, action adventure. You know, Rambo drives a helicopter into a tank or something like yeah. that. Uh, like, First Blood is like, um, for it, I, based off the novel, which the ending of the novel is way different than the book because Rambo dies in the novel. Spoiler alert. But like, um, you know, it's, it, it's that period. Like, so after Vietnam, you have like, the you know you have the malaise of the american spirit after vietnam which is you know the stat you have like a declining and stagnant uh economic uh as well as all the veterans coming home yeah it's you have you have an economy that's working for no one you have like a uh presidential administration that seems as much as i love jimmy carter that seems not to be able to get a handle on things you have uh you're just a few years removed from Watergate and the energy crisis. Yeah. And energy crisis, a few years removed of getting your ass kicked in Vietnam. The American spirit is essentially broken throughout the 
early mid seventies up until like honestly nineteen eighty nineteen eighty two catch part four uh honestly till the eighties and so you had like a lot of movies that are coming about they're like disaster films were really big then uh they have one I think it was like sky or tower inferno skyscraper whatever you had like earthquake you had the Poseidon adventure you had the first Vietnam films that came out like boys and company C which um, around this time in the 70s is where you see this shift from like glorified jingoistic violence into more uh, thematic issues about like you know you know loss of the self loss or you know being or more or less critiquing uh, you know uh, the moral va- or you know your moral system of why you go and do wars it's very critical of like uh, you know of American exceptionalism then or imperialism, sorry. Like during that time, you had like coming home, which has John Voight in it. He's like a recovering, you know, he's like a uh, disabled like uh, Vietnam vet. You have the Deer Hunter in the late seventies, which like uh, fucking nineteen seventy eight, which is a incredible critique of it. Um, then you have. Uh, Does that make you think that like some stuff would have played better, like? If Trumbo wrote like Johnny got his gun, I feel like that. Uh, yeah, if Dalton Trumbo didn't uh, get so uh, blacklisted. Uh, yeah, that you know that would have been. I don't know. Like I mean, that, just I mean, it works as well as for World War Two as it does for. It know. does. I mean, like it's kind of like why I like Full Metal Jacket so much is because of it's it's got more of a, um, uh. It's not arbitrary. What's the word? Universality to it. Like it can really, you know, it's a, it's a critique. I think of like every war. If you're talking about what it takes to, you know, destroy an enemy, is that you have to reprogram, you know, individuals who in like completely like and by like completely break down their psyche from. You know, these are people with like hopes and dreams and goals, and they get them like codified into like one unit with one stated purpose, which is to, you know, fuck everything up in front of you. You yeah. know, here's another. Oh, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I, uh, then you had Star Wars, and then that, and then we all realized we loved killing again. <laughs> Reagan came in. You know what happened then? Empire Strikes Back, baby. Fucking Hoth, baby. Fucking Hoth. The Return thing- of the Jedi just a few years later, boy. <laughs> America America got his back. Back to the future, bro. Let's go. Let's dude, go. America got his Q1 and Q2 p- pussies, dude. Dude, <laughs> got its groove back, dog. Um. Anyway, long answer. Full Metal Jacket is probably my favorite Vietnam film. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the, the thing about that movie is that it's like, it's got weird vibes. It's like the, it's, it's a little silly at first and then the other first half of the movie though. It's kind of silly for a while. Um, and everyone loves first half. Yeah. Well, and then it gets really, really dark at the end of the first half. Yeah. Um, and then the second half of the movie is all starts off kind of light. You know, they're like hanging out with hookers. They're just kind of like doing their thing. And then, and then it gets even darker than the end of the first half. The, uh, everyone discredits the second half on that movie. And that always bugs me because, you know, the first half is incredible. It's the first half is as awesome as it is because of Arlie Army. 
So that's the truth. Arlie Ermey stole that spot, and he stole it, and he earned it. He, That's why we know it. Vincent D'Onofrio is amazing as Pyle. Everyone else is just there for this, for, for those two. For those two to, you know, to, to conflict with each other and ultimately end the way it does. And the second half is so important. You know, you see, you know, Private Joker, who is you know, set apart at the beginning of the film as someone who hasn't had like his individual individualistic streak, like broken about him. Yeah. You know, he wears the born, the kill on the helmet and the peace button. He has a sense of self. And by the end of the movie, that's broken. But there's also something like really, com- like really uh, amazing about it is you have like these million dollar war machines and a whole, like half a squad of them gets wiped out by a fucking chick with an eight, k47 by a kid and like to me you know it's like kind of like the it's you know it's a great critique of war itself is like you know you can beat down and um degrade and reprogram individuals and to be you know what you see it see fit as a perfect killing machine and it can all be completely undone by some fucking kid in a building you know of all i mean so in a way, that's just a critique of the wastefulness of war. Yeah, totally. You know, it's a. I mean, Kubrick was more or less. Um, Kubrick's, you know, great comedian on it. To me, he plays that as a very, very cruel joke. Um, but like, it's a great joke. Yeah. But you know, his whole theme of it is is just like the degradation of like the of like how the state erases you as someone to make you a a cog in the machine yeah. of war. Well, you know, Kubrick was actually a. Uh critique of all government spending on things you know it's like why he played the biggest joke um, oh, God. With, with the challenger explosion oh yeah of course he was yeah. part <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he made he made those o-rings and the solid rocket boosters just a little shittier he's like we, uh, i can only be they're probably gonna explode anyways but he just went ahead and assured it he just shaved off like a few like nanometers off a couple he's of like 2001 a space tragedy <laughs> he did with that but I love Kubrick. Kubrick is so awesome. Yeah. Aren't we going to bitch about the third baseman list? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to it. Kubrick's still <laughs> my Kubrick's so good, dude. I need to rewatch Barry Lyndon. Man. He kicks so much ass. We need to have it He kicks so much ass and balls, dude. We should have like a uh, a stand plan. We should. We should it'll awesome. be like Hack Fest, but. Oh, yeah. We can watch the show. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, we could just watch all the shining. Although I feel like if I'm going to watch Apocalypse now, I would have to try Acid for the first time. That's not Stanley Kubrick, though. That's Coppola. Oh, that movie is fucking wild because it took Coppola like four or five years to make, and like a shit ton of his own personal fortune. Like, because they filmed it in the Philippines, like during like a huge like typhoon that came through. They had like outbreaks of like fucking malaria. Like actors lost like shit ton of weight for it. People suffered mightily for, to make this fucking movie of his. It's kind of an incredible story. It's just like the movie Boyhood. It's just like the movie. He Boyhood. had to sacrifice his summers to be an actor. He had to do do make a movie over the course of twelve years for Richard Linklater to say he's an artist. <laughs> I love that movie though it's a great movie i mean it like because i watched that for the first time right before i left for college so like Did it make you weepy no i legit cried <laughs> I 
Look at uh, him where he's crying with his mom. His mom's like, <laughs> no, it was like the when that family of the year song comes on and he's driving out to his college and his old like Toyota pickup and I'm like, this is me and my shitty Buick Regal. It's like driving just go Pop- down this driving to Popper Bluff. <laughs> Why are you going to Popper Bluff? Went to Three Rivers my first two years. Oh yeah, that's yeah. before they started doing like classes out. Cause don't they do classes now uh, around here, like at C- out of SEMA or something? Uh, I think they made some partnership. I mean, I could have gone yeah, to Sykeson, yeah, yeah. but I would have just had to take a lot of online classes if I did that. You're yeah. like, I'm going, well, but then it's, and then like I was it's on here, I'm going to drive. I was an RA, <laughs> so my housing was paid for. Oh, you had housing out? Yeah. Pop- really? Yeah. yeah. I thought you would have just commuted. No. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I was an RA. I never told you about my RA, dude. No, nah, dude, you were a fucking, fucking snitch, it sounds like. I was I was a cool guy, okay? You were cool? You were like, fucking, let's get ripped. Dog. No, because the fucking basketball coach was, like, the most winningest. Gene Best. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, well, he doesn't like his players to get pussy, let me tell you. Um, because the guy would, like, go and bitch at my boss and be like, I need to make sure your RAs are not allowing my guys to, like, cross over to the women's side after curfew. And I'm like, I'm not... I'm not cock-blocking these six-foot, like, seven dudes. No. No, this is not you happening. can take care of that 80,000-year-old man. You go fucking take care of that. <laughs> I don't think anyone needs to take Weirdo. care of Weirdo. But, like, let, let the... So, like, let pull... the boys bust! <laughs> Dean, what the hell are you doing? Let the boys 1500 bust. 1,500 career wins, not one busting! <laughs> <laughs> fucking loser. He's probably dead. He has to be dead. Well, I don't know. I haven't heard that he's passed away. I don't. I don't hold any like uh, basketball coach that behaves that way, especially collegiate level ones, with any respect, because they're just mostly tyrants. I think the coaches should be trying to get their guys laid, like doing. They like, should. Jesus doing like the, was that Calipari who would like do that shit, or he would. Except John Calipari. I think John Calipari gets it. He's like, this is college basketball. I am yeah. literally the minor leagues for the NBA. Or uh, who 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 is the uh Patino? I feel like Patino did did some shit. Too. Rick Patino, yeah, probably. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past that. I mean, you can't pay these athletes at that time. So like, what, could I entice you with some pussy? <laughs> you're eighteen. Let me try. I can get college coach to try to get his players laid. Is that what you want me to search? Uh. College, college kids. college kids, I got pussy for you. <laughs> we got, we, we got, got your sniz. That tried <laughs> to get his players laid. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
nothing immediately pops up. But let's just say all of them try to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Except for eighty-five-year-old, you know, college, you know, community college idiot. coaches. Go Raiders! I wonder if he's like got an actual Wikipedia. Because I was like, how many wins does he have? Because they would like brag. You got more than Coach first, K. First, first, uh, first of a thousand. Look at this idiot. He's still alive. What a cock. <laughs> he has thirteen hundred wins. One thousand three hundred and four. I think his son actually took over that program. He did. Yeah. He's from Oak Ridge. Uh-oh. Wow, he's been to... Oh, he really is someone of the area. Man. Jesus Christ. I went to Lincoln Bible College. Graduated from Oran. Man. Oof. Oh, God. Oran. We gotta get the fuck out of this area. There's, a, You know, I there was a guy... I probably mentioned this before. There was a kid in Oran growing yeah. up. I do did so many other baseball games this past year, so I probably will be. Can I know my trauma, Tom? Okay, share it. Go on, tell everyone this thing that no one cares about. This guy, oh, people care about fucking your own big baseball games. Yeah, because you know stuff happens in that. Um. Yeah. Well, were you in fifth grade and did a kid who was in the like Fox motocross named Keaton say you looked like an overstuffed sack of potatoes? (laughs) On Facebook, that's he it. He wrote that on my wall. He man. did. Wow. Yeah. You know, three of your friends at least say worse things in a group chat to you. Yeah, but I was in fifth grade. My sister, when I wore it, what was what's worse? Um, let me think here. Uh, Nick referring to that, uh, referring to Stav as one of those things we can't repeat on here. He referred to him as something on Twitter. He called him like an unfunny... Called him a fucking wog, I know. Which works because he's Greek. Which hurt worse? All the Stav hate? Uh, that that girl in high school who said gross or sack of potatoes? What hurt worse? The girl in high school that said gross definitely hurt the most. That was an eighth grade. So you want to kill her? Yeah. You kill her still. Yeah. She'll Come probably on. she'll probably die of bad bones or something. <laughs> Berry bones disease. Ah, <laughs> oh, my bones are so fucking big. Ah, they hurt. Christ. Ah, don't touch me. I'm mostly bone and insensitive. Yeah, yeah, that one hurt the most. The yeah. sack of potatoes one hurt because this kid was a little fucking twerp, and I was like, this disrespect. It's disrespectful. And I was Suna, the guy. You do not him. come to King Idaho and call him a sack of potatoes. You do not come to you me and my, like my beautiful Russet sons. You don't know what it's like being number one. You're number one. Uh, I want these potatoes mashed. 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 Monster mashed. Yeah. Um. Anyway, blatant Nolan Arenado disrespect, right? What yeah. the fuck? How do you put Rafael Devers ahead of him? Well, the thing is, Nolan didn't have that bad of a year at the plate. Defensively, yeah, he took a step back, but like his year still better than Devers. Yeah, yeah, Devers sucks. I'm so happy he can, you know, hit the shit out of the ball, but his defense blows so bad. Like I don't, I don't get how you can put him ahead of him at all, at all. Or Bragman. Well, and also like with Devers, I think about it like playing home games. There's probably like it probably affects his defensive war almost in a positive way 
um, because of how shit not not because but despite being as shitty as he is, yeah, the fact that they have you know the green monsters, you just get a ball by him. It's a guaranteed single. If it rolls to the wall, it's still probably a single. In yeah. Way. Um, Alex Bregman, the last four years has an eight oh four OPS. After you know, it eventually came out about the trash can thing when he was a forty one homer guy. <laughs> So this guy has dropped off from great to, you know, good. But is he better than Nolan Arenado? No, not in my eyes. If you're going off like last year, sure. There was like 11 other guys with a higher fan graphs war than Nolan last year. But like, come on, man. You know, Manny had a down year. Manny's had a roller coaster career where he's had up and down. Oh, yeah. But when he has that up year, motherfucker is an MVP finalist. Same with Nolan. Nolan's going to have a bounce back this season. Nolan's gonna remind the good vibes. You heard it here first, folks. There's no good vibes. No, no, no. It's war time. War, (laughs) war paint. The warthog. I'm the warthog. But Gunnar Henderson at fucking six. Like, come on, dude. A little Aryan fuck. Uh, It almost makes me not want to like the Orioles, but I do. Someone, Omar. Was it those MLB nerd guys? I saw this on Twitter. I don't know if you find it, put it in the discourse or, or Discord or whatever. But someone had put, no, I think it was like a Phillies affiliate, put Alex Bohm at number 10. I'm like, uh, get him the fuck out. No, 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 no. He, no. You have a Bomer? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Most, Definitely not the first guy to make that joke, I'm mo- sure. Most mid fucking prospect that blossomed into a starter. Like, get him out of here. Yeah. He's fine. He's. He's a normal baseball player. He is past 27 years old. He is not a developing prospect anymore. Mm-hmm. He is he is just a guy. He's like a slightly more versatile and like less strikeout friendly Patrick Wisdom. Like I would value them similar to one another. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, a little more contact. I mean, Bohm hit 20 homers on the dot. He played a lot of games at first base until Bryce Harper took over. Yeah. Like he's ass. At the hot corner, like he is, just, he is fine. You would take a guy with a seven fifty plus OPS and twenty yeah. homers. He is fine. Is Castiano uh, still on the Phils? Yeah, or... I think he is. I think he's got a year. So left. their outfield is legit. Like you have years. Kyle Schwarber and Castiano. It's worked for them in back to back years. But... Yeah, I'm just I'm like, how the fuck does that outfield defense not? I mean. That would never go our way if that was the Cardinals. We had I don't know. We had Lance Berkman in the outfield in 2011. So there's been yeah. there's been dumber choices. That's, if that's true. But then you also oh not yeah no wait we didn't have Beltron yet in 11. No 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 we didn't Beltron. So we'd have Beltran like what Alan, year after Alan Craig in right field and then center John Jay. Mm-hmm. And John Jay was a pretty good defensive center fielder, but he was he wasn't a guy that would like. He wasn't. He didn't have like the speed of Harrison Bader, you know, where he's gonna be able to cover. I think I remember Cassianos and Schwarber having to swap around because Cassianos was also like ass at like hitting or uh, defense, but they had Brandon Marsh in center field. That's what they had. Okay, well, who do they have DHing? Uh, like... Schwarber and Cassianos swap off. Okay. Harper DH'd a lot until they moved him to first. So, so yeah, so they're not going to have two liabilities in the outfield at the same time. No, 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 no. All right, you know, and then that works. Good for Harper to go to first base. He is. I guess when it comes to top ten first baseman conversations, you know, this is going to be brutal. I know I think, was it MLB.com already did theirs? 
someone put like Yandy Diaz ahead of like Paul Goldschmidt. I'm like, Yandy's been mid until last year, and he hit 20, what, 23, yeah. 24 homers. Congrats to Yandy Diaz past the age of 30 for finally doing that. I, Good job. Yandy. I think I put him as an honorable mention last year, and I was like, Yandy? Yandy, Yandy Diaz, Yandy, Yandy, Yandy Diaz, Yandy, Yandy, Candy, Yandy, Candy, Yandy. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, he hit twenty-two homers, one hundred thirty-seven games. Whoopty fucking do. Nine thirty-two OPS. Finally, a good season out of this guy who like has like a who has a fucking sl- who finally had a slugging percentage above five hundred. Good job, dude. Like Yandy's not better than fucking Goldie. Even with Goldie, like on the decline, because no. I don't know, I probably expect like Goldschmidt and like Nolan to bounce back and be at least three plus WAR players. I think they'll split the difference from their year before and last year. It'd be incredible if they before last and last year. I will I say this: be... Nolan's gonna have a better year than Goldie. Uh, Goldie, I think, will probably, you know, probably around an 800, 820 OPS. He'll probably hit twenty five, thirty home runs. You know, hit two seventy, two eighty. You know, kind of like last year, probably a little better. But I think yeah. Nolan's probably going to really push for 30 homers and really probably, I don't know, probably slash around 850. Yeah. So. And he's going to be a more vocal leader in the locker room. No, he won't. <laughs> no. So we got Matt Carpenter, baby. Yeah, that's why we had to bring back Salsa guy. <laughs> uh, Salsa boy. Nolan's going, I think, to his age 33 season. And he's like, I'm still one of the kids. Like, no. I, no, just go. I don't. <laughs> I don't get it. Anyway, I mean, I guess it harkens back. I don't have a problem with the Carpenter twenty-six man spot. I mean, bring him in, sure, whatever. It's just like our two MVP Hall of Famers. Yeah, they're like, yeah, that's a little too much. Bring him. Get his. Get his. Get his. Danny Descalzo and fucking Matt Carpenter to kind of speak to this team. Get Lance Lynn in here. <laughs> yeah, because that guy. Get big nuts. That's that guy... what I call Lance Lynn all <laughs> big season. Nuts. Big nuts. <laughs> Get big nuts in here. Big nuts, Magoo. I think the uh, thing that's been bugging Cardinals fans most this week is the uh, Moises Gomez. Is uh... yeah, he uh, got uh... picked up. Yeah, he got. Who you get scooped by? We uh we do a terrible job of managing our forty man, but I'm not too upset about Moises going away. I don't think he's going to be in Adelaide's. Yeah, career. I think my only critique of that is like they went after a Revis. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they yeah who who they immediately got was like okay, that's the you know power first strikeout heavy. Gomez was claimed by the defender. Angels is what it was. Yeah, it just seemed like we put we replaced a. Out, you know, an outfielder with um high home run potential, um, but a lot of strikeouts, weak contact, with a first baseman and or outfielder with the same exact problem. It's kind of like, do we really value this guy much more? I mean, I guess he has some big league. He's seen big league pitching, uh, so I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get why we would DFA a guy younger who's hit 30 homers in back-to-back years. I would, I, I can probably confidently say that, um, Moises ain't going to turn into another Adelise. Yeah, no, I don't Garcia's think. numbers before, 
before leaving us were actually really good and kind of, you know, they're way better than Moises is, I would say. Well, yeah. they're more balanced. I mean, he wasn't hitting bombs quite the same way, but. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we got Al- Alfonso Rivas, a 27-year-old. Yeah. So he has at least made made his way to the show. He could be my he could be my brother. Alfonso Rivas. He could be my twin. We're both 27. What are the odds? What are the odds, ladies and germs? Alfonso Rivas and Josh Thompson, they look so much alike. <laughs> Rivas played 101 games with the Cubs in 22. That's cool. And he spent pretty much most uh, yeah, split time between Padres and Pirates last year. And then 58 games in San Diego's minor league affiliate. He so, doesn't really have a lot of power, particularly. So, so to quote Frank Reynolds, like, and, and then after the Mac, I go in for the straps, you know. Yeah. So this one yeah. is, I don't know. There's plenty of guys we could remove off the 40 man than Moises, but I mean, someone had to go so we can grab this guy. Yeah. I'm rather indifferent on it. I don't, I I don't, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's, there is room to critique, but there's not room to be, like, actually upset by this. Well, to me, he's 40-man depth with big league experience. So I would probably posit that <laughs> he's being picked up as uh, more or less, a aside from organizational depth, a but also. Type guy. Yeah, I mean, you have, like, a guy that, is pretty uh, expendable. He's kind of like a stopgap between like younger prospects to where you're like not quite ready, but I don't want to bring him up and throw him in for like just part-time play. So Revis would be that stopgap, you know, in the same way I guess like fucking Suarez was for us out of the pen. Yeah. It'll be interesting, folks. It'll, It'll be, be interesting. interesting. Hey, Come happy birthday down. to John Rooney. It was his birthday today. John Rooney, come on the pod. That'd be cool. Get on here, you old shit. You old shit. Um, you old bag of diapers. So I can do my Mike Shannon to you. <laughs> John Rooney got a for you in the sandwich. I'm going to crack a cold Budweiser. I'm going to crack a cold Budweiser. <laughs> crack a cold Budweiser. Send pictures of my genitalia. See, I always found the Mike Shannon bit funnier than the Brad Thompson bit. Yeah. But I feel like the the Brad Thompson bit had more, like, levels to it. Like, where you can really... you, you Danny, go, my ugly-ass child. You can go a lot of places with that voice, but with Mike Shannon, it exclu- it's exclusively of, I'm going to say something racist, <laughs> or I'm drunk, <laughs> or both. Um, well, we... I think that's just like who Mike Shannon was. <laughs> <laughs> Imitations of shout out to my friends at Toll Four One One. Shout out to my Toll bro. We never overserve anybody by fight establishment. <laughs> I wonder how many times he had to like throw up <laughs> like during a broadcast. Like, John, I need you to take it for me in the fifth. What was that, Mike? I need you to take it for me in the fifth. All right, Mike. John Rooney for it, and he just pulls a wastebasket over and just throws up like two gallons of Budweiser. He might actually be disturbing like disturbing wretches. Like it would have been a, it would have been really cool, you know, and like Brock Meyer. Um, yeah. you know, you 
Like Joe, like Joe Buck makes an appearance in that. Like it'd be cool if like, you know, Mike Shannon was just like the Jim. You could be him one day. You <laughs> not careful. You could be him. You could be him. Like if you're very successful and don't screw this up. You could also be him one day. I need to watch Brock Meyer. That seems like it'd be very funny. Yeah, it's good. I recommend. Yeah, ten out of ten. I give it an eight point nine out of ten. Is there pussy in it? There, I mean, he does get laid a lot in the show. Fuck yeah, dude. I can't remember if it shows any uh, nudity or not. Any actual boobies? Is there cursing and violence? Mm. Yeah. That's good. There's some cursing. You started watching uh, the Happy Time show. Yeah, I started Ted watching. Ted Lasso. Yeah, Ted Lasso. I really just wanted to see what all, like, the, uh, the uh, hubbub, normie lib, like, it is excited to like people who are going to vote for Biden in the primary voters. Uh, I feel like people (laughs) who like Harry Potter in the office, like they're adjacent to, to Ted Lasso. Um, Oh, how is it buddy? Traitor, traitor of the working class. (laughs) You're supposed to hate that fucking show. I mean, I'm going going into it a cynical thing. I, I mean, it's just all like fluff. Like it's, you know, either like, hey, I'm a football like coach, it, but I'm coaching soccer. <laughs> like the parts where you can see or feel like actual loss in the show. Um, like I'm not spoiling the show's been out for a while, so like, yeah, you know, uh, Jason Sudeikis, you know, his wife, um, he moves, you know, to England, he's there, and his wife basically visits him with his kid, and while she's there, she's like. I just don't feel it like how I used to. And like, I'm going to keep crying because like, I don't want to give up on this, but you know, they've eventually mutually decide that like, you know, this isn't going to work. Like, just go ahead and, you know, I I need to divorce. I I need to let you go. And like, so like that episode has like a lot of heart, right? You know, you, um, it's two adults right there. You can, you can empathize. I think everyone's been in a relationship that for whatever reason, despite, uh, despite all intentions, like it didn't work out for this arena. It might have been bad timing. It might have just been like a natural shift, you know. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, you know, you you empathize with that, but then it, it's only like a mild plot in an in an episode, and then by the next episode, like you're not really. It's Ted Lasso's a winner. They've moved on. Like Ted is not a wreck. Uh, and and maybe they'll circle back to that. Maybe it's uh, maybe that's the point. I haven't gotten a yeah. Super Ted doesn't. Far in the show. Sounds like Ted doesn't really suffer. He definitely does for you know like eighteen minutes. minutes of an episode. Okay. Um, and you assume half of that's going on in another scene. Yeah. What ha- the part they cut out is like a uh, Pan Am flight fucking crashes in the ocean, all on board dead. <laughs> He's like that was. Quick. Bitch wife's plane. Sorry. Also my Bitch son. ex-wife. <laughs> and the son that always held me back. <laughs> but, Coaches his be- manages his best game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just find like that like that always bothered me about a little like, inauthentic. You know? Yeah, I mean any any fucking sitcom, whether it's full house, like that always bothered me. I was like, oh, the super heavy thing happened in the last episode. Like, oh, DJ was told that her friend has an eating disorder. John Stamos was raped. Oh, no, but there was an episode of Full House where, like, 
Um, I think it was like Stephanie was told by a kid that like his dad oh, like man. beats him up and like abuses him. Yeah, no, they have that um, boy meets world too. I mean, I remember all that shit. Yeah, and yeah. then you know it's like sort of resolved by it's just like the moral of the story is like I know it seems difficult, but you still should report this to someone. And then you never hear from the other kid what happened to him afterwards. Like yeah, no, he reported. The cops didn't investigate it. Dad found out, beat that kid to death. Yeah, he was... and it ends in tragedy because it all comes back to one thing: is cops suck at doing their job. <laughs> that's the moral. That's what they're going. That's the moral of the story. And they're Obviously. like, you should tell somebody. Like who? The police? Oh, how about I go tell like a clown? They will do more than a fucking cop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be touching them like that. <laughs> rides a squirts water in the guy's eyes from a flower on his chest. Rides a unicycle uh, away. You're under arrest. <laughs> You're under arrest, Mister Citizens Arrest. Pulls <laughs> out honky dang <laughs> We're not the insane clown posse. We're the insane clown police. <laughs> no, Jug fucking ICP would do more than fucking cops. That's for sure. But you imagine I, like replacing the KPD with ICP. <laughs> What's up? I'm Crazy Ray. <laughs> you know why I pulled you over? Uh, I'm not sure. It's like, well, I was hoping you had some meth on you. <laughs> <laughs> Judging can, by the looks of you two, you can make the speeding ticket go away with a little bit of meth. Uh, <laughs> just a little bit of meth. Oh, fuck, I don't. Do you have any of the ingredients to make meth? I don't. I have some Sudafed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Sudafed from Missouri, Sudafed from across the state line. I got Missouri suit. Ah, shit ain't gonna cut Is it. Is there a difference? Yeah, the good Sudafed uh, you have to get a prescription for. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Sudafed you can buy in Missouri is just like Sudafed I have, like basic night time. Yeah, but like if I go, it to... doesn't have the meth gene in it. But if I go to Illinois, you can, can get Sudafed over the counter. Really? Yeah, dog. Dude, my mom used to give that to me as like a kid, and it would like. It was like you took the pill, and within five minutes, it cleared all of your cold symptoms. Oh, dude. It's I mean, a miracle drug, and this shitty fucking state yeah. won't let you get it. Yeah, which like kind of sucks, because, I mean, it's not meth. It's not like you're actually taking an amphetamine. It's just... Just an ingredient for it. Yeah. For some awesome meth, dude. Yeah, I mean... You and I should do meth. Fucking baking soda is an, inv- an ingredient in crack. Does that mean I don't keep it in my fridge to keep it from smelling like you shit? Should, we should or get did... together. You do meth for the first time. I do it for like the 10th. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the 11th and 12th after. You know I would be no fun on speed. <laughs> I, like, I can't even hardly handle an edible and without getting like twitchy. Oh, like... I'm a little gassy. Ooh. <laughs> Thinking like 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 my chest is you know yeah. heavy and I can't breathe well and it's just like yeah because you're t- like you're the most tense you've ever been yeah um, dude chill tense like camping I yeah. get you I'm crazy Jay tense like my asshole listen man I'll get the dog out here got that and I'll dog. just let him bite you t- let him bite you until I get that all oh, the animals hurt my chest because I got that dog I got that me. dog in me I'm a pound baby. Michael Vick put money on my chest. Dog in me. <laughs> Is there any other stupid ass baseball news? I hate this fucking sport. Um, no. Should watch cricket. Um, Southwicks keep kicking ass, so that's yeah, nice. Yeah. We beat Indiana last oh. night. It's kind of weird. Oh, Indiana has. Ooh. Oh, nice. Ooh. Ooh. It's kind of weird. Indiana has two professional sports teams. That's a state that shouldn't have anything. Are you saying like 
they they don't have two NBA teams though. They have the Colts and they have the Pacers. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Indianapolis is there's several hundred thousand people that live there. Yeah, but like I don't think they should. Oh, okay. they should be moved elsewhere. Like to this Gary, place, like to Gary, Indiana. Yeah, no, I mean Indiana, along the state line, should be carved and dredged and just made into a super Great Lake. And we forget that state ever existed. <laughs> Put but, all those good people into Illinois and maybe Ohio. Yeah. Man. One thing, though, I uh, show set in Indiana, The Middle. Have you ever watched The Middle, the sitcom? No, I've heard of it. It's got, yeah. the, it's got the janitor from Scrubs. He's yeah. dad in it. And it's yeah. actually like a pretty decent sitcom. Pretty tight. Not going to lie. My but, favorite sitcom was Raising Hope. Now that, they don't make Raising them. Hope. Greg Garcia, <laughs> but they don't make them like they do. Yeah. Let me tell you, old Raising my, Hope. But my favorite sitcom was uh, Two Broke Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of Whitney Cummings and her writing. You know what uh, I'm talking Yeah, no, she is definitely funny. <laughs> do you see her like bombing like stand up she's going she's doing that like anti-woke shit i can't say anything i'll send a clip of it but it seems like all those adjacent comedians that like i came up with not like worked with i mean i worked with a few came up with like watching and listening to have all just hit hit the wall as hard as they could just wildy coyote right into the Right into the woke nonsense wall. Well, one thing that bugs me is um, I don't think every comedian is worried about this and they make it seem like it is because they're some of the biggest names. But like I watched like Dusty's new special and Dusty Slick. Yeah. Dusty does not get into like you can't say that anymore. And I, he totally oh, no, he's the awesome. guy who would, only would be say saying he where's the trucker hat. Has, yeah. Yeah, has he looks beard. redneck David Cross. Like, yeah. I said well, Dusty, that... like to his credit, isn't like massive, massive. He's like he's a good comic. Yeah, he's got a lot of a fucking guy open like fucking Isaiah Kelly when he came down for like Lavelle Crawford. Yeah. He got like a Netflix special. Sorry, Isaiah. I mean, you're fine, but like, did he get a full hour or a half hour? He got a full. Like, like a lot of people get like. There's a lot of comics that get like a stand up special these days. The only one like that pops to mind that's like really big that I think is a fucking baby's Pete Holmes. Yeah, and, like he has like Ted Lasso golden retriever energy to him, but he also made like a show where he suffered in it and had to like find his own way through it with like crashing. crashing which I'm giving, great. which I'm giving that like show way too much credit. It's fine. I think it's fine. I enjoyed crashing. I look at it the same way that I look like. I feel like theater kids that do comedy. Like, that's that's Mike Birbiglia. Mike Birbiglia is the theater kid that does comedy. Well, it's like two kinds of creatures that I don't like. It's theater kids that want to do comedy, excel at comedy, and comedians who want to do acting and excel at acting, because they they're they, it 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 reeks of desperation to me. And like whenever I see like a stand up guy like gets his show, it's like oh this is just gonna be his show in a few wacky circumstances. And it's just a bunch of cameos from all his comedian friends that wish they could do this all the time. Like, get the fuck out of here. uh, Make something unique. Mo Ammer had that show on Netflix for a while. Yeah. It's called Mo. Mo. Louie had a good one. I mean. Louie, I think, is the standard for to do that thing. I don't know if we've reached the point where everyone can just kind of invite him back in the mainstream on it. But I think enough time's passed on it. So. Yeah. 
Louis, I think always, uh, I think his show is unique. Um, I think like the media he created was, I like to stand up. It's just, uh, uh, you know, just don't, uh, don't, uh, don't jerk off in front of people. Like, uh, you know, don't, uh, do it over the phone when they're talking to you. Yeah. Uh, there's like a lot of that, like the part about like getting consent for him, like, all right, yeah, it's whatever but like i mean you i think the part that like bugged me is he's talking to someone on the phone and they're like are you jerking off he's like um yeah like i'm like all right all right buddy i guess it yeah Yeah, i didn't really know all that we gotta we gotta stop your weird little your weird little black and white film from getting released (laughs) you gotta go take an eight month sabbatical okay yeah i mean and i mean to his credit like he did the bare minimum. Great, I don't think the bare minimum is necessarily enough when you factor in his status. He's complex. Uh, I mean, he... But, hey, like... I the guy, know. I mean... Not like not to make this seem like a guy got, you know, busted for some weed, like, and he finally got out of jail. But, like, you know, he, he did some time, so to speak. Like, you know, and he... Yeah. And he was graceful about it. He's not, like, you know being a sh- really a shithead that i mean he's talked about his stand-up i don't know how much if he's learned that much at all for it i stand up about it's funny but like i don't know he dances around it in the stand-up though no his stand-up was, that... was, was like everyone now knows my thing obama knows my thing <laughs> like one of his jokes in it is like what i learned is if you ask someone hey can i jerk off in front of you and they say yes. You should follow up with, "Are you sure?" And then don't do it. Um. Well, I I remember seeing him do something where he was just like, "Uh, it's like yeah, you know, like like opening for the show." And he's like, "Yeah, you know, haven't guys haven't guys haven't seen me for a while. I uh don't really know why. Uh, you know, like that kind of alluding to yeah. it. You know, like okay. But hey, David Tell's coming to Helium." Uh, David Tell's good. Yeah, I mean he's he's like probably one of the most respected comics from New York. Like as far as like among other comics, I've never heard anyone say a shitty thing about David Tell on a podcast. I've never heard of yeah, no. I think uh, and I I've also I mean what I've read and back when I used to do comics, like oh I met David Tell. It's like very supportive too. Mm. Doesn't strike me as a supportive guy. Yeah, no. But also I think he like likes doing it, but also hates it. And I think like that's someone to respect. He's like, hey man, we're all in this shit heap together. Yeah, I mean, I think he realizes that he's. A, I mean, comics are almost fucking circus animals at the end of the day. Like, yeah, they're certainly know. that. They're not court jesters. Like, oh, we're like the last bastions of free speech. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I want to say the F slur and the R slur on stage. You don't have to do that. You know, don't do that. Get a podcast and say it on there instead. <laughs> I'm Theo Vaughn. Call it, call it Jizzville. <laughs> get yeah. a fat friend. Get a depressed skinny friend. Get a Jewish friend. Call it Jizzville. This this like probably sounds bad, but like the main like comedian podcast that doesn't really ever strike me as problematic is like bad friends. And What's that's that one? That's the Bobby Lee Santino one. Oh yeah, where um, Santino impersonates Bobby. Yeah, and that's the Bob. thing. Like, it's the most blatant of like doing the voices, but also like 
it helps Bobby's laughing at it. It yeah. helps that the bit is that stupid. Yeah, it's yeah. very stupid. It's I'm Bobby Ma. I'm Bobby Mutta. Like I'm, I'm Bobby Mutta. He also do the voice. He does I'm not gonna slant my, you know, or not slant, but cross my eyes, like he does. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That one, that one works. Um, I mean, it's fun to laugh at, like you know, I mean, you know, problematic stuff. I get that. You know, I do. We all do. But, like, it's like, oh, is the person saying it, like, a virulent racist? And, like, is he saying it because he's a virulent racist? And I'm like, yeah, I don't really like this at all. You got to have, like, a, you have to have, have like, a contextual meter to be able to detect, like. I think you would like the one that uh, Will Sasso does. He's the one who does. I I do the Jesse Ventura voice. I was a governor, a fighter, a Navy SEAL. (laughs) Chris Kyle is burning in hell for what he said about me. <laughs> is that a good one? Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm Jesse the Body Ventura. <laughs> they called me the body because I had because I had a conjoined twin that I ate ten years out of the womb. <laughs> I'll fuck you. <laughs> Former I, governor, Jesse Ventura. I am the former governor of Minnesota, Jesse the Body Ventura. I call my <laughs> dick the train. <laughs> like I said, I will fuck you. <laughs> because I was a governor, a fighter, a Navy SEAL. George Bush did 9-11. I have the papers from Chris Kyle's corpse to prove otherwise. <laughs> Um, he's become super based. He went through this like libertarian arsler spe- uh, phase, but like Jesse Ventura's become based as of late. Um, well, the the thing I, I think is interesting about their podcast is that it's like completely controlled by like an AI, and an AI yeah. like basically tells them like you're gonna talk about this this episode. You're, you're gonna do this. You're gonna this. do this voice this episode. Holy um, shit! Yeah. <laughs> like Chris Kyle. I beat his ass so bad he got a Marine to shoot him at a gun range. I spanked him like a little baby boy. Didn't even change his diaper. I'm going to use this to say fuck Chris Kyle. I just had someone... I know what she means. Who's texting you, Josh? Is it the governor of Tennessee? I don't know. If the governor of Tennessee says, I won't yuck your yum. Man. I, prom- I was like, that... Is that Bradshaw? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was Nick Bradshaw. God damn that Bradshaw. <laughs> he was a governor, a fighter. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. (laughs) Oh, man. What a stupid voice. I hate that I can do some voices. I can do Arthur Morgan. You can do Arthur Morgan well. Yeah. I guess I, think, I can do just. I think because of you and Nick Mullen, I can do 
the voices I was doing in Springfield so well. <laughs> but, you sure it ain't Santino? Yeah. It's a like San, Santino's in the mix for sure, but like they yeah. both do that like. <laughs> we don't need to know what voice it is. You can probably hey, guess it. You uh, guys already know. Yeah, just you. You can do that. Um, that's really all. Almost like all you need. You don't even have to like do the. You know, say words wrong. You just have to. God, start. I love doing voices. Just love voices are good. I know they're bad, but god damn it, they make me laugh. Just let me have that. I'll change <laughs> I'll change every aspect of my behavior. I'll be a more We don't think Pete, Pete Alonzo did nine eleven anymore. Yeah, um. I will I will dump that <laughs> joke. Just let me let me keep the voices. Let me keep all, all the voices. We haven't had a we you haven't had any uh visitors from your buddy on Twitter who just like hate like hates to you. <laughs> Which one? The Mason guy? Uh, the one that I was like, "Come on, fellas, you're both 30. Yeah, the Marine or whatever. Yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah, well, you haven't you haven't had much of him. Before. I haven't tweeted that much because I got suspended. Yeah, remember? And then like, I haven't. It's like whenever I post something political about how I think Aaron Rodgers has no brain in his skull or something like that, and he's like, "Well, can 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 accept people for having different beliefs?" I'm like. No, I mean I accept him that I don't want him to go to jail, but like I don't, I think he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, no, Pete. What do you mean accept people for having to? No. <laughs> if I have a different opinion from someone, then that opinion goes into like a process called: is it stupid? Is it my ignorance? Is it their ignorance? <laughs> is it not that bad? Is it that bad? And Aaron Rodgers falls really high up on the category of. I don't know. The guy sh- probably should have a lobotomy. Like he's act well, like he has. And then one. you have Pat McAfee acting like the worst hype man of all, like the worst side of all time, where he's just—it's like it's like he's an influencer. Um, if Instagram existed when like Enron was like yeah. in its prime, and he's like, "Come on, guys, invest in Enron. It's the best fucking shit you've ever seen. Let's go, boys." Pat, thank you for bringing me on your show. I'm here to set the record straight. It was I who killed Chris Kyle. I shot him. I shot him with my offhand. I shot him blindfolded. <laughs> he had it coming. He said some shit about he me in a bar. He had it coming. We've hit our hour. We've hit our hour. Yeah. Um, Who's your crumble champ? I guess Jesse Ventura. No. <laughs> it is Travis Kelsey for talking that shit about a kicker for the Baltimore Ravens, Justin yeah. Tucker. Man. Starting fights with a kicker. Hell yeah. I, uh, I'm going to say my crumble champ. Jesus Christ. I, you know, it's going to go. Gosh, it is I, Jesus Christ. You have such a pretty penis. Uh, thanks, Jesus. You have such cute little balls. I don't know how I feel about them referred to cute. You have such an adorable, malleable little asshole. <laughs> Rippable, even. Yeah. It's like aluminum foil. Uh, let um, me fix it for you. Ooh, oops, made it tighter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's only one way for me to use my Christ powers to loosen it up. All right, Jesus, go away. All right, get out of here, you little, 
you little celestial scam. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you, you little celestial scam. <laughs> you just had to derail my uh, thing with thing with about Jesus sodomizing me. That's that, that's a fun way to end. Um, Tom, you're my crumble champ tonight. Oh, uh, there you go. I came up that's... with a new one. That's good. Who's our patrons? Um. All right. Um, we have Coran, Coran, Coran. Ooh, we should call Coran, Coran in baseball. Coran, Coran. We got uh, Richie. We got Richard. We got uh, Jeff. Jeffrey. We got James. We got Jim. <laughs> Oak. Uh, we have uh, we have Bravo. We yeah. have uh, Monsieur Sloppy Top. Uh, Alex. Alex. Yeah. And Nick. Nick. Alex. Whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um. Tyler. We got Tyler. We got Tyler. Can't yeah. forget about Tyler. He's our favorite. I love you. I love you, a dog. I love you, a dog. Coming you. from you downtown, motherfucker. An <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> aggressive voice. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Pikes. Uh... <laughs> I think we're missing someone. We got, we got some yeah, things. yeah, we're missing some folks. Oh God, can I remember them? It goes Jeff, Bravo, Cran, Alex, Tyler, Nick, Nick, out, whatever. Oh yeah, we have another. I keep forgetting. And then, uh, fucking Richie, James. Yeah, uh, we've said them enough. We said him. She just recorded all lazy like, just like yeah, just at the end, and then put it and just put it at the end. Be like, oh, this goes out to Jeff <laughs> and Cran and Richie. Also, folks, we're a little disappointed. None of you called the Google Voice number. Um, oh yeah, you gotta call it. Yeah, you, you gotta questions. call. What is that number again, Tom? Actually, I'll say because I'm hunched over to read it. Yeah, it is uh, area code three one four. Shout yeah. out to St. Louis. St. Louis. Um, eight two seven six one four five. I'll repeat yeah. that again for all you uh people who are reading theory and then getting high to go listen to stuff. Um, Intersex feminine, whatever. Yeah, whatever Bravo is up to. Whatever Bravo much, becoming more, more of a woman. Yeah, he's too much of a fucking coward to debate me and invite me on his pod. Don't listen to Shanat Twain. Um, uh, yeah, again, that number is three one four. That's three one four, eight two seven, eight twenty seven, twenty seven. We got, we got, we got uh, Troy Glouse. We have a uh, Scott Rowland. Um, was it Troy Glouse? What number eight? Oh no, we have a Mike Leak from the Scott Rowland. Um 61, I don't know. We'll say Rangel Ravello. Um 45. Um Bruce Suter? Bruce Suter wore 45, right? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah. So made that more confusing on the second read. But yeah. Uh, who we who we who we fuck fuck MLB. Come on. Nolan's Nolan's top five. Yeah, man. fuck the MLB. Come on. Put some respect on his neck. Um and, you know, hopefully um, we, the Orioles have a new good ownership group. Yeah. Hopefully.